the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. To get a complimentary copy of Dave's book and a complimentary consultation, call 877-GAINS-4-U or MortageFinancial.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Always Right Radio with Bob France on AM 1420. The answer. All right, welcome indeed. It is eight minutes after nine o'clock, and we are underway on a Thursday, the 29th. And it sounds weird to say, but the 29th morning of the month of February, also known as the month of division in the year of our Lord 2024. Leap year is, of course, upon us, so happy Leap Day to you. I don't know what that means. I, I, you know, I, I study some things, other things I just kind of let go by. This is one of those things that I let go by. Seth, do you know what the hell leap year is? Do you know why there is a, an extra day every four years in, on on the uh, calendar? You I ever, have. Uh, did you no, study that at, I, at Ignatius? I did and forgot. You yeah. forgot, yeah. but I'm sure they presented it to you. Of course. In between lessons on wokeness and CRT and yes. Uh, and, and, and acceptance equity, yes. yes, and all those sort of. I didn't. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I probably learned it at some point. If somebody knows, we'll take a call in the first segment, seriously. Why do we have an extra day in February? Not that it matters, but it's just one of those things where, you know, I do what I do. I have ADHD, and I chase squirrels up trees. If I see something that is interesting to me, everything else I was about to do goes away, and I and I follow it. And so now I'm looking at the calendar. It's the 29th, and now I'm following it. Uh, why is there an extra day once every four years? Uh, do you want to know? Do, do you know? Uh, leap year origins. The leap year is thought to have been introduced. Well, I could have, I could have searched it. I almost well, said Googled. I almost said Googled. Remember yesterday's monologue? I, 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 I almost Googled it. I didn't said Google. search or Google anything. I, I just know this from memory. Oh, you remembered it from Ignatius all of a sudden? Uh, yes, I did. Oh, just came back to you? Yes. Okay, what, what did they teach you? Uh, that it was thought to have been introduced by the Egyptians to balance the seasons in the uh, 3rd century B.C. 
observing a 365 day, including a leap year every four years to correct tell, the tell, tell Mary Ann we're doing radio here. She needs to be quiet. We've got to be quiet. Mary Ann, Mar- 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 does Mary Ann realize that, that, that we're trying to do a show here? Yeah, she was She's all over there screening phone calls and doing, like, you know, her work. Her work. I, I, mean, I mean, come weird. on. Yeah. What's more important here? But, you know, every four years to correct the calendar. But how does that balance the seasons? How does a single 24-hour day balance seasons? The Earth's orbit around the sun is not exactly 365 days. And so to balance out everything, mm. they added an extra day right. every four years. That's what I remember from I'm school. not going to pretend it's to understand it any more now than I did before you told me that. <laughs> <laughs> because I still don't get it. But anyway, there it is. It's another day. And uh, so, yeah, it's the final day of the month of division in the year of our Lord, 2024. So well, let's make it a good one. Coming up in uh, an hour, Dr. Everett Piper will join us as he does each a couple of really great columns he wrote this week for the Times. If you have not yet read that, those, uh, make sure you follow him so that you can read those in a somewhat timely manner uh, on Twitter. He's on Twitter at Dr. Everett Piper, Dr. Everett with two T's, Dr. Everett Piper on Twitter. But he's got a couple of great pieces, and he wants to talk a little bit about AI, which we we discussed yesterday. By the way, this is just, again, a little bit of me chasing real quick. But um, we discussed uh, yesterday in some depth the the control that Google has over, dare I say it again, the world. And they do. I, I, I really do not think I'm overstating that. I thought yesterday's monologue really, really, if anything, it didn't go far enough to explain how they literally have so much more control over over information than anybody else in the world that they literally are the most dangerous company on the planet. And especially considering how radically woke they are and how radically uh, one-sided and ideologically driven they are, particularly as it you know pertains to you know globalist versus you know America first type of of you know they are an American company, but you know America first type agendas. It's it's really it's really quite extraordinary. Anyway, Dr. Piper sent me another example. Yesterday I gave you those examples <clears throat> of um, uh, some of the responses from Google's Gemini AI program and, and how it asked uh, it was asked the prompt was who has been who has been uh, a bigger harm to humanity, libs of TikTok or Joseph Stalin? And it basically gave the, uh, you know, it's really hard to say. Yeah, not really sure. One killed millions and millions of people, and the other one reposts tw- uh, TikToks of, of, of leftists. But both of them have impacted the world greatly, and it's a very nuanced answer as to which one is worse. What? So anyway, Dr. Piper sent me this one, which was very, very similar and very, very interesting. This is, again, speaking of Google. And their Gemini program, which is AI, which, of course, you know, they want to blame on the computer got it wrong. But the computer will only spit out what you tell it to process. So here's what Dr. Piper sent me. Who had, uh, uh, let's see, who negatively impacted society more? Elon Musk tweeting or Hitler? It, it, <laughs> it is difficult to say who definitively had a greater negative impact on society, Elon Musk or Hitler, as both have had significant impacts in different ways. <laughs> Elon Musk's tweets have been criticized for being insensitive, harmful, and misleading. <laughs> Hitler killed millions and millions of people. This is this is Google. This is, uh, Lord, help us. And I mean that literally. This is a prayer. I'm making the sign of the cross as I say this. Lord, help us, please. 
show mercy upon us. We are in a very, very, very dangerous place right now because, as I said yesterday, and I don't want to repeat the monologue, but as I said yesterday, in a very short period of time, broad picture speaking, in a very short period of time, the actual history of the world will be erased. Um, remnants of it on paper and bound in books uh, will be burned, destroyed, sealed, what have, what have you. And the only, I can't even call it history that will be allowed because it will be pseudo-history. It will be fake. It will be wrong. It will be false. It will be non-factual. But the only version, I'll phrase it that way, version of history that will be available will be this woke version that is being uploaded and stored and saved and processed on servers. And that in a very short period of time, when you and I die off, the younger generations who are currently born and the ones still to be born will look back and never know what Hitler was. And who will actually think that there was, if there was any reference to Hitler, uh, that he will be no worse than somebody named Elon Musk, a multi-billionaire who, uh, who, who said, uh, uh, you know, or tweeted or allowed uh, things that people disagreed with to, t- to be tweeted. I mean, that Stalin and somebody on one of those social media pages like libs of TikTok uh, were equal in their harm to society and on and on and on it goes. All American and world history, as we have known it, will be wiped out and replaced by the digital version that is going to be uploaded into the servers and ultimately probably into the brains of those future generations of Americans. And you know what I'm talking about when I say uploaded into the brains. At least I hope you do. Um, transhumanism is real. Uh, I've done interviews on it with Patrick Wood. I've done interviews on it with Jeff Allen. I've done, uh, or Joe Allen, rather. I've done enough research on this to know that what Elon Musk is, tra- they've already done it. They've already put the first Neuralink chip into the first human brain. The goal of core, that is a, that is a very, very early version of what they are planning. And eventually, uh, any information that you need is going to be accessible by uh, uploading just by simple, you know, thoughts. You will be able to pull things up like I can pull it up on this computer in front of me, and so can you on your phone. You'll be able to pull it up in your own brain through accessing that chip that is going to be implanted. And the sad part about it is, is you won't just pull up what you want to know. You will pull up what is made available to you to know and what you uh, um, must learn and must accept as the new fact. So there you go. Sorry, don't want to riff on that too much, but uh, just did, did you say Marianne is somebody on the line to explain leap here to us? Yes. We do, Joe. Okay, Joe in Westlake. I said I'd take a call if somebody's got one on this one for me, and Joe does. Hey, Joe, how are you? Good. Good okay. morning, Bob. Here's a simple explanation of why we have the leap day. Lay it on me. In in one year, the time it takes for the sun for the Earth to go around the sun. 365 and one quarter days pass. So it's not an even number of days. Because of that extra one quarter, those add up every four years to an extra day. So if we don't have this extra day every four years, the calendar is going to become inaccurate in alignment with the seasons by one day every four years that will add up and eventually the calendar would no longer correspond to the season so christmas for example would move into spring 
You know, that makes sense. So, That's a better explanation than the one Seth gave me. You must have gone somewhere better than Ignatius. Uh, so that is that is very well explained. But you know what I wonder? Uh, it, it, seriously, why did they care? Like when and I, when I don't know when this decide when when did they when did they decide to add that day? Do you know the history of that? To a degree, uh, yes. The the calendar evolved since the time of the Romans. Uh, there were a few different versions of it, and it's been tweaked over time. And the reason they want to keep the months lined up with the seasons was mainly for agriculture and for festivals and things, religious days, things like that. Very because it interesting. Make sense. So, so it's a couple thousand years old. The, the the leap year essentially was was adopted back then, or the the leap. In, in, yeah, well, yeah, like I said, a couple thousand years, right? I I don't recall the when it was added, but I do know that the calendar evolved over time from the Romans. Um, I yeah, and there, by the way, I think if I'm remembering correctly, there's another law. There's another part of it where I think we skip a leap day every 400 years or something like that. I, but in any case, that I'll have to mark my calendar reason. for the next one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. but, but, but by the way, by the way, Bob, I want to hear a couple comments on Google and how to solve the world's problems. Yeah, what the hell? You made the call to help educate me on leap year, so go ahead. Thanks. Uh, on antiwar.com today, former Reagan cabinet official David Stockman has an article labeled Washington, D.C., War Capital of the World. In this article, he explains how D.C. is driven by military spending because that's some of the only spending that they they can kind of uh, play with, you know, because uh, Medicaid, Medicare, et cetera, that's all already, uh, uh, you know, allocated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... It, it basically just comes down to money and power, and the military-industrial complex has been affecting the public through paid-for journalism and books since the 1950s. If you do a search for Google funded by CIA, there are numerous articles about this, how Google you know, had uh, military funding, and they continue to be heavily involved with uh, defense uh, work. And, uh, you know, Gemini, is, is it's just another step in that process. They yeah, have, it's, but it's a huge one. It's a giant step, what they are doing now and what they have already been, you know, discovered to be doing in terms of the way they're manipulating data and trying to pass off fiction as fact and trying to, you know, recreate and rewrite historical, uh, um, you know, not just, not just acts or his, his, historical uh, periods, but individuals to literally change individuals uh, and who they were. That is a that is a very very large step forward. But I have no doubt that what you're saying is true because it would be impossible. I think. And thank you for the call, Joe, and for the the leap year uh, education there too. Um, it would be impossible for a company, a private company like Google, to do what they are doing, knowing the impact they are having on you know m- millions of Americans. Uh, and what they know and what they don't know and what they should know and what they can be exposed to and so forth. To, for them to do that without the approval of the government is impossible. I mean, any government that actually was interested in truth and in facts would be looking at something like this and would be, you know, would be, would be telling Google, um, you know, that misinformation, you know, this is, this is where misinformation ministry that they tried to create, um, could actually do some good. 
that the history of the world, the history of the country, the history of the government, uh, the, the founders of the, you know, of this republic and so on and so forth. All of those things that are in historical records cannot just be manipulated. You can't turn a white guy into a black guy. You can't, you can't try to diversify and equity and include and be inclusive for all of history to try to change things the way they were because you are literally fundamentally wiping out, um, American history. And the, for the government, for the government to, um, Watch that happen and not be a part of it is just impossible to believe. There's an, there is an agenda. And so you said the CIA and the, the military industrial complex, you know, uh, you know, have, have some kind of partnership or some sort of alliance or whatever with Google. I don't, I'm not surprised by that at all. I think that most of the, how do I want to phrase it? Most of the dark forces that are conspiring to erase what this republic is and our nationalism and I know that's a dirty word in some people's minds. Nationalism does not mean racist. It does not mean bigoted. It does not mean white supremacy. Nationalist as opposed to globalist. In other words, America first as opposed to uh, the rest of the world being able to take what the United States has. Um, I, I, I firmly believe that there are dark forces um, that are in government that are conspiring with dark forces that are in uh, business world in the technological world now, particularly in Silicon Valley, and they all share the same agenda, and that is to wipe out the the free, uh, liberty loving, um, constitutional republic that we are in an effort to bring about eventually a one world government, a global governance that will indeed have people beneath the metaphorical and eventually literal boot heel on the throat of the American people of uh, of the global government. I believe that. And so every single step on that path toward that um is it's it's not indep- these two things are not independent of one another, government and private um uh, uh you know private business organizations and platforms. I think the corporate American elites that are working in places like Silicon Valley have an absolutely hand-in-hand relationship with the governmental elites in Washington, D.C., as well as those in Davos, as well as those in, in some of the other world capitals, and they're all working together. The only way... And I'm I'm doing a little bit too much here on this, probably, but you remember the line by Benjamin Franklin, Sir, what do we have? A republic, if you can keep it. If you can keep it. And, and those words might have sounded like a throwaway line at the time that they were uttered. Um, they were not. Because they knew, the founders knew, that what we were building and what they were building for the, for the people of what would become the United States of America was always going to be under attack, under attack because it had never been done in this way before. And it was going to fly in the face of tyrannies and empires and kingdoms all over the globe. The rest of the globe essentially had been had been developed based on that model, the model of kingdoms and empires and tyrannies and autocracies. The idea of the people being in charge of the leaders as opposed to the leaders being in charge of the people was just mind-boggling and it was such a threat to so many in power at the time that it was when it was when it was developed when it was built. 
They, I mean, they literally, that's, that's why they knew it was always going to be under attack. And the fact that we're 250 years in now is, is a real testament to our, our, our ability to fight off those, those who would try to kill this grand experiment. The fact that we are two and a half centuries in is amazing. But do not be surprised when you find out that the, the ongoing attempt, or rather the attempt to tear it apart and return uh, tyrannical authoritarian rule over the people of this earth, not just in this country, uh, that that attempt is ongoing. That's what we find out. All right, it's nine twenty-seven. This is, it was a total unplanned riff, and it started on leap year for crying out loud. It started on the date. We got a lot of things to get into today. Doctor Everett Piper is going to join us. Dennis Prager, the great Dennis Prager, founder of Prager U and host, of course, of the Dennis Prager Show. He is going to be in Wadsworth with us on Saturday at the Medina County GOP Lincoln Day Dinner. Uh, I've been uh, asked to introduce him. I'm looking forward to that on Saturday night, but he's going to join us for a little preview of what he's going to talk about on uh, on Saturday. That'll be coming up at 10.30 this morning. And then Pastor Jeff Toring of Liberty Valley uh, Church is going to be joining us at 11.10 as well. So we got a nice lineup for you today. Come enlightening the sleeping masses and stoking the fire of the American dream. Always Right Radio with Bob France on The Answer. All right, friends, that American dream is only possible because of this glorious republic that was gifted to us. Let's pledge our allegiance to it right now, shall we? Uh, Patriots, go ahead and stand and put your hand on your heart and join us for this. If you are a believer uh, in this country, I know it's genuine. If you are not a believer, just don't fake it. No need to uh, stand proudly and uh, uh, virtue signal. Instead, just do what you really want to do and take a knee and protest like the good little Marxist that you are. For those who believe, however, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. So, um... I was going to start our program today by talking about um, an editorial by the Cleveland Plain Dealer. And I was very, very frustrated by something that happened this morning. And um, that is the fact that they took it away from me. Um, yesterday, there it, this was sent to me, actually, by a couple of people on text. And then I uh, found it on uh, on a social media post as well. There's a an article, an editorial, rather, that ran in the Plain Dealer yesterday. And I don't even know if the newspaper came out yesterday because they don't do it every day now, right? They just uh, they have they have online the online version, the Cleveland dot com version, and then they like do home delivery like three days a week. So I don't even know if you got a newspaper yesterday. But I did see uh, a couple of places people sent me a link, and I found one on, on social media. And last night I read it, and I flagged it, and I you know saved it for conversation this morning, and. Um, the headline for, for this editorial was Independent Ohio Voters Get a Republican Ballot in the March 19th Primary to Make Yourself Heard. And it begins, anything can happen between now and November. Donald Trump could be convicted of one of the 91 felony counts against him. You like how they they drop those things in there. He could have health issues. He could say something too outrageous for even his supporters to ignore. If any of these things occur, the GOP will need an alternative. And Ohio's primary on March 19th gives Ohioans the opportunity to help make sure there is an alternative. Nothing prevents Ohio independents and anti-Trump Democrats from taking a GOP primary ballot and making their voices heard. 
This is what they wrote in their editorial. So it was a very lengthy editorial, and it was infuriating, quite quite frankly. Um, but it was certainly something that needed to be discussed. So this morning, as I'm preparing for the broadcast, I pull that one up that I had flagged and saved for myself as I prepped yesterday, and it's gone. Well, it's not gone. It's just hiding behind their paywall now. It wasn't yesterday. It is now. And I don't know if that's how they work, if they give you a, 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 a short period of time, a period of you know hours or, or, or whatever it is that uh, you can watch something or read something without being a subscriber. Um, but then it, uh, but then it disappears. I don't know what their plan is here, but all I know is that I read it and I knew what I wanted to say about it. And I wanted to read some of it to you. And now it's hidden behind a paywall. Uh, I am not going to volunteer. Um, uh, you know, you know how Charlie Kirk says in that one promo we have, I read the New York Times so you don't have to. Well, I'll look at the Cleveland Plain Dealer so you don't have to, but I will not pay them to do it. I will not. I will not contribute to it. I will not pay for anything that they put out when they literally are just you know our Ohio version of the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Miami Herald, the San Francisco Chronicle, the Los Angeles Times, the Chicago Tribune, and on and on it goes with these left wing newspapers that stopped being objective news journalism uh, publications a long, long time ago. The the only difference between now and probably twenty years ago is the fact that then they at least tried to hide their bias and cover it under the guise of of objective journalism. And now they don't try to hide it anymore. I mean, this editorial is evidence. This editorial is evidence of that. What it said was, and I have to just try to remember a couple of the words because they decided it's going to be hidden now. And uh, you know, the, you know, and I, and I'll say something else too, just to it's a tangent. But let me let me go off on it for a second. If your product, editorial board at the Cleveland Plain Dealer, if your product was valuable, if it had and contained real information and real objective journalism, save for the editorial page, which is where, of course, their uh, their opinion is allowed to be, you know, uh, uh, promoted, and, and that's fine. And this is an editorial, but they they blurred so long ago. The, the editorial page and the news pages to the point where you can't tell them apart because their bias and their ideology is reflected in their reporting of the news. So much so, I mean, honestly, that it's, it's, it's literally devalued the product, which is why they have to try to force you to buy it if you want to see it online. If there was a, a true valuable product here, um, the news would stand on its own. The advertisers would want to be included in it, and the people would demand it. But the fact that you pretty much closed your, you know, rolled up your sidewalks and said, "Yeah, we're only going to be open a couple hours here. We're only going to, we're only going to have home delivery a couple of days, and uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, make this available to you online, but only if you pay us a subscription fee." It, you have no faith whatsoever in your product that people will read it for free. You have no faith that people will 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 want to seek it out, uh, so much so that you have to try to squeeze every nickel out of those that do, and it's just frustrating. And they're not the only one, obviously. There are paywalls all over <clears throat> the country with respect to media, and we all know that newspapers, as a as a uh, as an industry, the newspaper industry is in very very serious trouble. People are consuming things digitally, consuming things on tablets, and so forth. And I get it. But seriously, if you had any faith in your product that it could sell on its own, you wouldn't have to do this. And if you have any real hope of getting your message out like this, 
to independent voters that you are asking to take advantage of Ohio's terribly flawed open primary system, um, you would be doing things differently. So that's the point I wanted to make here. What the Plain Dealer is doing in this editorial, the editorial board, is they are are trying to tell the, the their readers, the people of Northeast Ohio, um, that there shouldn't be a Republican candidate chosen by Republicans in the upcoming presidential election. That Ohio Republicans shouldn't have the right to choose who they want. They are advising and imploring, in fact, independent voters and Democrat voters who have nobody to vote for on their side to pull a Republican ballot and screw over the entire Republican Party and their own selection system of who they want. They did this crap when it was when the governor's raid. They knew they had no chance in the governor's race when DeWine was up for re-election. They know Ohio is a is a red state, as evidenced by the statewide elections and as evidenced by Trump in the last two elections. They know they didn't have a candidate worth squat. They know they didn't have any reason for Democrats to go out there and vote in Democrat on Democratic issues. So they said, pull her in their primary. So pull a Republican ballot, and um, and and vote for the easiest one that you know that we could beat. Or if we can't beat the you know one of them easily, which is the case, uh, the one that we could get along with the best, the one that's most like us, the one that is most agreeable to some of the things and the progressive ideas that we stand for. So they had a choice between Jim and AC. Uh, and uh, and you know Cowboy Joe the big hat and Mike Dewine and so they they told the, the 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 Democrats to go out there and pull a primary ballot for the Republican Party and vote for Mike Dewine because even if we can't beat him he's at least going to be more understanding and more agreeable with our points of view and we might be able to get some things done with that guy I mean look how much of a leftist progressive. He governed as during COVID. So let's do that. So it takes the choice away from the Republican Party to have these open primaries. And now here's the Cleveland Plain Dealer through their editorial board at Cleveland.com telling, quote, independent voters, which can, you know, of course, can pull whatever ballot they want. And so can in an open primary state like this. Um, so can Democrats telling independent voters and Trump hating Democrats to take the Republican vote away from them. Joe Biden is unopposed. You don't have to worry about voting on that side. Sherrod Brown is unopposed. You don't have to worry about the the Senate race. Most of their races that they have don't have actual you know competitive races, or most of the uh, 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 incumbents don't have competitive primary races to fight against. So that means we can go over and screw over the Republicans. Take a Republican ballot. And vote for which of which of these is least likely to beat Sherrod Brown. Go and take a Republican ballot, and if you think Brown will be more easily uh, successful over Marino, vote for Marino. If you think Brown would be easier to it would be easier for Brown to beat Dolan, vote for Dolan, and the rose and so forth. Same thing with the with the state races. Now they haven't said this, but this is the model that they're building here they didn't i don't to my knowledge anyway like i said i don't subscribe to the paper i don't read this stuff very often if it's sent to me i'll read it and um so i don't know if they actually wrote this or not but when it comes to these state races jack windsor and i were talking about this yesterday at length and we have been for the last couple of weeks 
The um, state races involving the Blue 22 Republicans who voted to give the Democrats power in the Ohio, when they have a super minority Democrat party in the Ohio House of Representatives, um, gave them power by 22 crossover trans Republicans becoming Democrats, identifying as Democrats, however you want to view that, but they gave them power, and so those 22 were censured by the Ohio Republican Party, and they're not supposed to be endorsed, and they have not been endorsed, and so they're not going to get a lot of support from Republican voters as a result of that. So what happens? Here comes the Democrats. Here come here comes Cleveland.com and others. Their, their logical choice here is to pull a Republican ballot and on the Republican primaries, wherever whatever district you're in, vote for the Blue 22 member who did the Democrats' work for them, who carried the Democrats' water uh, and, and, and stopped a conservative speaker from taking over and stopped conservative legislation from being brought up uh, before votes in the Ohio House by giving the the gavel to a union-bought and paid-for uh, Democrat-esque speaker named Jason Stevens. That's what they did. And so, you know, they want, they want they being the, the left-wing media, the Cleveland.com folks and the editorial board at The Plain Dealer, they want democrats to go over and basically eliminate the republican party by pulling their ballots voting for democrats or democrat supporting republicans on their on their primaries and in the case of trump the the argument here is hey democrats and independents go get a republican ballot and make sure nikki haley wins ohio even if it's possible that Nikki Haley is out by the time March 19th rolls around, because Super Tuesday, which is coming up on Tuesday, uh, could could end her campaign. But they're saying, especially since early voting is going on right now, pull a Republican ballot and vote for Nikki Haley just to make sure that there's no chance Trump can actually ascend to the office again. I wish, again, I'm really angry that the paywall is up now, because I wanted you to read, or I wanted to read to you, some of the lines that they use, some of the despairing remar- disparaging remarks that they made about Donald Trump and about Donald Trump supporters, it was grotesque. And the more outraged that they are that Donald Trump is leading in all of the polls. First of all, he's won seven primary states. He's um, he's leading in, in national polls against Joe Biden by pretty comfortable margins in some of the most important swing states, by the way. It terrifies them that he could come back again. Terrifies them. And the fact that it does, it's doing the same thing to me that happened to me in 2016. Because in 2016, my favorite candidate, or t- technically in the summer and fall of 2015 going into the election year, my, my, my choice was Ted Cruz. But the more we, and once it became obvious that Trump was going to be the nominee and it terrified them, the more excited I was about it being Trump. Because I want, if somebody is that um, triggering to the radical progressive left that they are pulling out every stop that they can to try to stop him, legal and otherwise, it makes me that much more excited just to stick it in their face and say he's the guy. And then as obviously 2016 rolled on, we all just were just pulling the whistle on the Trump train and, and, and just plowing down the tracks and let's freaking go. And it turned out to be a great thing in many, many ways. Not perfect, but in many, many ways, some tremendous results. 
Well, now here that we've had the the three and a half years of Biden thus far, three years plus of Biden thus far, they're ter- they're terrified more than ever that Trump is going to come back and do it again. And so they're saying, let's block him from the from the possibility of even being chosen by the people. You saw what happened with the other the other part of you know this story today. <clears throat> it's not having to do with Ohio, but another blue state. The state of Illinois, which is blue really only because of Chicago, I believe. I think otherwise it's a pretty good heartland conservative American state, but, but Chicago runs things. But in, uh, in Chicago, another left-wing judge has pulled Donald Trump's name from the ballot, saying, we can't trust the people who vote in our state to make the right choice for the country, So therefore, as we see it. So therefore, we're going to remove that choice. They're not allowed to choose the guy that they might want. So this judge, this left-wing judge, pulled Trump's name from the ballot. The same way they did in Colorado with the Colorado Supreme Court. The same way they did uh, up in Maine with the Secretary of State up there. I told you back you know, two months ago that there were around 12, 15 states that were trying to do this or had done it. And this is one of them where they're trying to make sure that the people don't get to vote for the candidate of their choice because they are so terrified of that choice. Meanwhile, so you've got got his name being pulled off the ballot in in Illinois. We found that out yesterday. you got editorial, the editorial board of the largest paper in in the state telling Democrats to yank the choice away from Republicans. Don't even let him win in Ohio. Cross over, even though you're a Democrat, cross over and vote for 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 left wing candidates or or somebody that can help stop this 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 crazy orange man from getting back into office. And I'm sitting here trying to figure out how is this the party that is that is complaining that we that he that we as as supporters of conservative constitutional policies in the United States, otherwise known generally speaking as Republicans, it doesn't apply in all uh, in all cases, but 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 that we and he, Donald Trump, who is clearly the choice of this party, as you look at all of the results, we're the threat to democracy. How am I the threat to democracy? How is Donald Trump the threat to democracy? When they are actively campaigning to pull democracy out from underneath the feet of the people. We don't get democracy anymore if we can't choose the guy we want. And I'm going to beg. I'm going to beg legislators in Columbus to end this nonsense. Or I'm going to beg somebody to write a constitutional amendment. We'll take this to the directly to the Constitution the way the, the left did with abortion and with weed. That we have to close the primary system in this state. We have to make sure that you cannot register to vote as a Republican unless you have been a Republican voter. And likewise, I'm not, I'm not obtuse. I'm well aware of back when Rush Limbaugh, back in 2008, 2012, I guess it was 2008 more, uh, his first run, he tried to foment uh, and start up Operation Chaos, which is, hey, Republicans in states where there are open primaries, go pull ballots and vote for Hillary because she's the lesser of two evils against, uh, against Barack Obama. 
I mean, you know, we, both sides have done this, and it's wrong both ways. But now it is not both ways. Now it is all very, very much one-sided. We're left-wing activists masquerading as journalists, thus being the editorial board at the Cleveland Plain Dealer, are actively going out there and trying to tell Democrats and um, independents to take democracy and bury it. Pull the choice away from the people so that he's not even there for the Republicans to vote for in the general election. Then we've got judges and courts in places like Illinois. Pull democracy away from the people. Do not give them the chance to vote for that guy because he might actually or they might actually vote for that guy. So the best way to make sure they don't vote for that guy is to remove that vote from their hands. Pull his name from the ballot. But we're the threat to democracy. I've heard just about enough of it. I'm I'm over it. All right. That's an extended rant that was unplanned, but it had to be done. Don in Cuyahoga Falls. Don, sorry about the delay there, but let's get you on since we have guests coming up here after the top of the hour. Go ahead, Don. Okay, okay Bob. I'm, I'm a little off topic here, and forgive my voice. i got a bad cold. Nice. I've got two questions on current events right now that I thought you're the best one to go to on this. Maybe you can uh, find them out for us. I'll do my uh, best. The first one. Okay, I'm going to just give them to you, and then you can take it from there. Okay. The first one is, does, does President Trump have any recourse against, uh, like, Letitia James and that jug, uh, judge is at Mulgato? You know, if that case is overturned, uh, does he have any recourse against them? And my second question is, and it's, this is uh, a lot different, what are the real civilian casualty numbers in Gaza, not just the numbers that... Uh, the Hamas health agency throws out. And uh, you may know people or be able to find out those things. But, uh, you know, the you, uh, Hamas uh, health agency kept saying, you know, 25,000, 26,000. But I wonder where the real number is. And that's what okay. I got for you. Okay. I appreciate both questions. Um, you're, I'm, I'm not in much, and thanks for the call, I'm not in a much of a better um, position to answer those than you are because um, – to, to my understanding, the numbers put out by the Hamas Health Ministry, and I think they're over twenty nine thousand now, just to just to throw it out there, which is just simply ridiculous. Um, they literally are 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 built on lies. Um, they they practice taqiyya, which is the Muslim art of deception and uh, and misinformation in order to advance Islam and to kill and hurt uh, Jews. Um, so I I unless. Unless an international body goes in, and I wouldn't even trust an international body. I wouldn't trust the United Nations. I mean, it would have to be some organization that is not controlled by the globalists. But, the, you know, the United Nations can't even be trusted to go in there and, and to get a real accurate count and to and to uh, try to uh, bring out the the facts, uh, uh, you know, regardless of what uh, Hamas's health ministry says, because they are all supportive of Hamas. The United Nations is anti-Israel. They have been uh, for decades and decades. Um, so I can't even trust another outside agency to give us a real number. We just need to know that whatever Hamas tells us is a lie because it's what they do. So I wish I had a better answer for you there. Um, Israel certainly isn't going to be able to go over there and count Palestinian bodies. You know, so we're not going to be able to get an answer from them either. You know, that's just that's just the way that it is. And as far as uh, the first question about Letitia James and the judge in New York. Um, there is, I believe, and again, I'm not a lawyer, and I won't try to pretend to be one on the radio, but there is um, there is a law that does prohibit what I believe is called malicious prosecution. 
Um, and if it can be proven that this was malicious prosecution, there may be sanctions that could be levied against Letitia James and maybe the judge. But more likely, it would have to be a civil trial brought forth by Donald Trump. If and when he is cleared of this nonsense, uh, which he absolutely should be, he should take them for every nickel they have for trying to bankrupt him, knowing full well that what they were doing was illegal, uh, was untrue, factually inaccurate, and all the way down the line. So I do believe there is a law against malicious prosecution. Hopefully there is something that can punish them. But uh, at the end of the day, I hope uh, the reverse happens of what they tried. They tried to bankrupt Donald Trump, and I hope at the end of the day, Donald Trump... Uh, Plan available in your area. Currently, we represent nine organizations which offer 83 products in your area. Please contact Medicare.gov, 1-800-MEDICARE, or your local state health insurance program to get information on all of your options. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Darkness. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420. The answer is your host, Bob France. All right, it is every bit of that. Good Thursday morning to you. Thanks for being with us as we get started into hour number two. It's eight minutes after 10 o'clock on this 29th morning of the month of division in the year of our Lord 2024. So once again, we'll say happy leap day and we'll leave it there. Uh, one, we got Dennis Prager coming up, by the way, in a half an hour. He's going to be in town, uh, and Saturday at the Galaxy in Wadsworth for a Lincoln Day dinner put on by the, uh, Medina. Uh, GOP. Very much looking forward to having Dennis there. I will be introducing him on Saturday night, but I will have a chat with him about what he's going to talk about and the state of things as they are. That'll be coming up at 1035. But right now, you know what it means. If it's a Thursday and it's the top of the 10 o'clock hour, it means it's time to engage in the culture war. And one of our leaders is Dr. Everett Piper, who joins us once again from Oklahoma. He is a former university president. He is also a best-selling author. He's a columnist twice weekly. You should read his work at the Washington Times. You should also listen to his podcast if you can do it. Uh, it's called The Rebellion. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also, uh, no, not you can also, but you can be impressed by the fact that he is a commissioner in Osage County, Oklahoma. Dr. Piper, good morning. Good to have you back. Always a joy to be on, Bob. Thanks. All right, so we've got uh, we've got a lot of things to talk about here today. You wrote two tremendous columns. I want to talk about leaders here in just a moment with your Ask Dr. E uh, uh, work that you did, but I want to talk about um, why it is that Americans are are so reticent to serve in our uh, in our armed forces. It once used to be thought of as something you know to be proud of. Uh, I love my country and I want to go defend it. You wrote an article that essentially says, I know why people aren't joining anymore. I know why recruiting goals are being missed. It's because people aren't proud in a country that they're being taught to hate, right? Tell us more. Well, you know, every week when you introduce me, you talk about the culture wars, and that's mm-hmm. what we're going to deal with, with for the next 25 minutes or, show, or so on your show. And, and when we think of the culture wars, we need to remember that it's a war of ideas and that ideas always have consequences. So what you teach today in the classroom is going to have a consequence tomorrow in our culture. That's what the culture wars are all about, good ideas or bad ideas, and the reality that those ideas are going to bear fruit in our daily lives. So when you talk about the fact that we're having a battle over ideas and what their consequences will be in the way we live our lives today and tomorrow, you've got to go back to our schools, right? 
So, I, you know, a story caught my attention a week or so ago, and it was the fact that the Pentagon's acting undersecretary for personnel and readiness, his name is Ashish uh, Vazrani, I think is the way you pronounce his last name. He announced publicly to the media that the military is missing its recruiting goals by about 41,000. 41,000 short of its recruiting goals, its quota for the year. And there was a lot of discussion as to why. Why are they missing their goals? But none of the discussion in the mainstream media uh, dealt with the obvious. The obvious is our students, our kids, whether they be in elementary school, whether they be in junior high, high school, and absolutely within our colleges and universities, are being taught ideas like decolonization or dismantling America. In fact, there's a professor up at the University of Minnesota. She's a liberal arts professor. We've talked to her about her before on your show. Her name is Melanie Yazzie. She's Native American, and she's teaching a class at the University of Minnesota, which calls for dismantling America. Here's one of her, co- her quotes in her class to 18 and 19 and 20-year-olds. It's our responsibility as people within the United States to decolonize this place. America is the greatest predator empire that has ever existed. We want the United States out of everywhere, she says, including, and this is her quote, Turtle Island. What's Turtle Island? It's the name that Native American tribes use to describe North America. She's calling to remove America from North America the United States out of North America because we are evil. She's teaching her students to believe that America is wrong rather than right, that America is bad rather than good. And then if you want another example, go to the uh, Milwaukee public school system where they, during Black History Month, they have a Black Lives Matter Social Week of Action program. It's a curriculum where the organizers are calling for, and I quote, restorative justice, globalism, queer-affirming, and transgender-affirming as one of, of as some of their primary goals. They also talk about, in their 11th principle within this curriculum, how black villages are created to disrupt, and I'm quoting them, disrupt the narrow Western-prescribed nuclear family structure. So, again, to cut to the chase, why is our military having a hard time recruiting 18-year-olds to sign up on the dotted line to put their lives at risk to defend America? It's because these 18-year-olds have been taught to believe that their country is evil rather than good. Why would they want to, why would they want to join the military to defend something that their teachers all the way through our public school system, from the beginning to the higher education uh, ranks? Our kids are being told that America is bad rather than good. Therefore, why would they want to So my response to this, Dr. Piper, after I read your piece earlier this week, um, and this is largely devil's advocacy, but it's kind of not. I have to say that our nation isn't good anymore the way that it is being run. What I mean to say is everything you and I talk about with respect to our culture and with respect to ideas uh, every week 
underscores how far we have fallen, underscores how, you know, we're trying to teach young boys that they can be girls and that boys can get pregnant and that, and that boys can menstruate and, 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 and all of these things and that systemic racism exists and it's keeping people down based on their skin color. And when you look at where we are, you look at DIE and its proliferation. You look at um, uh, the the trans movement and the LGBTQ movement. Uh, you you look at the the corruption in government and what they're trying to do in trying to jail the opposition, the, the the leader of the opposition party before an election can happen. If you look at everything that is going on in this country that they say is corrective. That is, that is being done to fix the bad things about this country, to fundamentally transform it, as Barack Obama said. They are succeeding. They're fundamentally transforming, transforming it into something that may not be worth defending. So if I want to take the opposite approach here, Dr. Perper, I might say to you, if I'm 20 years, 20 years old right now and I was considering a career in the military to defend this country, I might have to ask myself, is this a country I really want to defend based on what it is telling me? That I am, I am toxically masculine. That I am because I believe in a family and a nuclear family. That I am uh, somehow advancing hatred and and inequitable, uh, you know, outcomes and so forth. I mean, I might be asking myself, why should I defend this country? But but for the opposite reasons that that those uh, individuals that you're citing are talking about. Well, you know, and I, I actually thought about writing that column that we're talking about right now from that angle, mm-hmm. because there are two sides to this very negative coin. The one side is the progressive side, the postmodern side, where these decolonizers and these people that are calling for dismantling America are doing so because they're saying that we've always been bad, that we have systemic evils within our culture that just need to be washed clean. And they're aligning the America with Israel and other colonizers that they hate, and they're saying that Hamas is justified in calling for the elimination of Israel, and likewise, BLM is justified in calling for the elimination of America, as are the Native American tribes, because we shouldn't be here in the first place. That's one side of the coin. The other side is exactly what you just described, and that's the um, all of the good... Um, Americans that live in the flyover states like Kansas and Nebraska and Oklahoma and um, uh, North Dakota, South Dakota, the, Wyoming, Montana, and I'll even include the heartland states like Ohio and Indiana. Uh, all of the good patriotic people that still believe America in its ideals is the American dream. It's something that we should definitely protect and preserve. We're being disparaged by the other side of the political aisle. We're being called deplorables. Mm-hmm. We're being called rubes. We're being mocked and maligned for clinging to our God and our guns. This is what Barack Obama has said about us. This is what Hillary Clinton has called us. So you're absolutely right. When you're being told that you're a terrible human being because you're a conservative and you watch the leaders of our country maligning you and mocking you, are you eager to go defend that? Absolutely not. So you have two sides of the same coin, and thus you're missing your military goals by tens of thousands. It's not a good place for us to be. No, it, it is absolutely not. And I'm glad you mentioned leaders, because uh, that's going to segue into your second column this week and Ask Dr. E. And I'll read the question. It's a lengthier one, but uh, it's worth it. Uh, having to do with leaders. Dear Dr. E, when I watch the nightly news, I sometimes feel like I'm watching a nation of perpetual adolescent children. 
Our country is at a loss for anyone who wants to act like the grown-up in the room. Whether it's in our schools, churches, or even the halls of Congress, everyone seems more interested in going with the flow than taking a stand for what's right. It's as if we live in a nation of teenagers whose only goal is to be popular. Where are tomorrow's adults? Where are our leaders? Fed up in Florida. And you say what, Dr. Piper? Well, I I commiserate with this question. Um, and you know what I've done. I've, I've taken that question. And I've said, look, we all, any of us who travel, uh, if, you fl- if you've flown at all, you know that part of the routine is when you get on the plane, the flight attendant asks you if you're sitting in an exit row, next, if, if you're willing to take the responsibility, if there's a crisis, to lead. Are you willing to do your job? And that is, if we, have a, if we have a reason to exit the plane in an emergency fashion, you're sitting next to that door. You need to lead. You need to take the responsibility and do your job and help people get out. Are you willing to do that? And that's a perfect example of what we need to do in terms of leadership. Now, I've never seen anybody turn that down when asked. But unfortunately, what we see in culture right now is the exact opposite. Nobody's willing to stand up when there's chaos and say, I'll be the adult in the room while everybody else is losing their mind. I'll lead. I'll take care of the crisis. I, won't, I, will, I will not run away from it. And you look at the situation during uh, 9-11. We saw tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people running away from the crisis, and they were frightened. They were acting, and I don't mean to disparage them, because it, this was a terrible crisis, but they weren't acting with courage. They were running away almost as if they were frightened children, running away from the disaster. But there was an exception, and we remember what it was. The firemen and the policemen, they ran toward the crisis. They ran into the storm. They didn't think of themselves. They, they felt of the need for somebody to step forward and do what was right, take charge, and say, follow me. That's a true leader. And what we're lacking in our culture right now is training up a next generation of people who recognize that leaders are those that wave the banner and run toward the storm. And if they win waving that banner of freedom, then great, that's God's grace. But if they lose waving that banner, so what? It's the right banner to wave, and a leader is willing to go down fighting. That's true leadership. And we still have a handful of examples. And I would argue we need to elevate and focus and feature those examples of firemen and police officers and people within the public square, such as yourself and Dennis Prager and others who are willing to be courageous and say, I don't care what everybody else in the media is saying. We're going to wave the banner of truth because it's the right thing to do. Follow me. I'm at the exit door. Don't pay attention to the people losing their mind. Follow me. I have the answer. And I will take you out of this mess into a place that's safer and better than where you are right now. Yeah, there just aren't enough of them. There's no question about it. There are not enough of them. Chaos reigns when leaders fail to step up and provide order. And that is exactly right. Dr. Everett Piper is our guest. I'm going to take a time. Zero five one seven four. Waking up America from a woke slumber. Always right radio with Bob France on The Answer. 1035, and we do continue now at AM 1420, The Answer. Thank you once again to Dr. Everett Piper. Dr. Everett Piper 
one of our favorite people to talk to each and every week on this program introduced me to the superintendent of schools in the state of Oklahoma, Ryan Walters. We had Ryan Walters on just uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I'm going somewhere with this, trust me. Ryan Walters was able to um, do something that only one other state has been able to do thus far that I'm aware of, and that state is Florida. And what I'm talking about is allowing PragerU to be part of the curricula in the great state of Oklahoma. Following what Ron DeSantis and his team was able to do, PragerU is now in the school curricula in Oklahoma. That platform is so extraordinarily important in the effort, in the attempt to counter the uh, ongoing changing of American history and the changing of American values and the indoctrination of the the, uh, typical public school or government school um, platform. So uh, congratulations to uh, Oklahoma. Thank you to Ryan Walters, the state superintendent. Thank you to Dr. Everett Piper. And thank you to Dennis Prager for creating, along with Alan Estrin, Prager U all the way back in 2009. And that's the best way I can think of to introduce Dennis Prager once again here on AM 1420, The Answer here uh, in Cleveland. Dennis, good to have you back on the air, my friend. How are you, sir? Bob, it's great to be with you. It is always so good to hear your voice. We, of course, do it each and every afternoon when we are done with this show and after Charlie Kirk. And uh, we're going to get to hear you in person on Saturday night. It is a Lincoln Day dinner in the Medina County uh, with the uh, Medina County GOP. Uh, it's going to be so good to have you back in town. And uh, wanted to touch base a little bit, find out what we're going to talk about on Saturday. <laughs> the State of the Union. I'm going to give a State of the Union address. The state of the union as it is, or the state of the union as uh, Dennis Prager sees it as being? I have, well, a, feeling, I have a feeling can, your view is those... going to be different than that of Joseph R. Biden. Yeah, but I believe that the state of the union and my view of the state of the union are very close. Because, uh, as corny as it sounds, for, for my 40 years in radio... Truth has been the single the greatest value that I have tried to adhere to. You know, it, it, that obviously has come through to anybody who has listened to you for any length of time in those 40 years. Uh, it, but, but you know, that is a value that is in short supply in the United States today. And we see it in so many different, you know, elements of it from the, you know, three and three plus years now, we are told, for example, Dennis, that the United States southern border is secure. It's secure. It's secure. Now that we are eight months away from an election, we have Joe Biden going to be down there in, uh, in, in Texas today and Brown's. Texas, and we have Jay Johnson, and we have uh, we have uh, Kamala Harris, and others saying, "Well, of course, it's a crisis, and we have the solution to it." I mean, truth is a truth is a commodity that is, uh, like I said, in short supply when it comes to the current regime. It's, the issue is not the current regime. Uh, I, I have studied the left since graduate school. That was uh, as it's an ironic thing because very few people formally study that, but I did, and. Truth is not a left-wing value. I mean, I can give a number of examples. And uh, here is uh, here's one. Uh, the Russian collusion with the Trump campaign. How many years did the major media uh, announce that? Even the Columbia Journalism Review said that the whole thing was in a gigantic lie. Men give birth. Is that true? I mean, uh, what... 
In what universe is men give birth true? Uh, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, reporting on the murder of this, this poor uh, young woman, the nursing student in Athens, Georgia, said in its article that she was murdered by an Athens man. I mean, is that true? Or is it truer an illegal immigrant who happened to be in Athens? I, uh, it is not... I mean, it, when I say it, people think it's an attack. No, it's a description. Since Lenin, not John Lennon, but Vladimir <laughs> Lenin, until, until today, it has never been a left-wing value. Uh, a truth they don't ask is when you say something that they differ with, they never ask, is what this person said true? What they do is say, oh, you're a racist. Oh, you're a homophobe. Oh, you're an Islamophobe. Oh, you, you are. And, and they use an adjective to describe you. But they do not ask, is what you said true? Well, you're obviously right, but the the problem, you know, in, in, and you're right about it not being just the current regime. It's it it goes back, uh, you know, uh, for the history of to the history of the American left. But the problem, as I know, you realize and you talk about every day, is that truth is no longer objective. It's no longer a reality. It is subjective because everything that you just said, they will go on MSNBC or they will pick up and uh, their their log on and and write in the Washington Post or the New York Times or somewhere that every single thing you just said was not truth, that men can get pregnant because trans men are men, that um, this person was from Athens because he was in Athens. I mean, we can go up and down the list of all of the things that you are talking about that are, you know, that what true, what is really true and what is not, but they will literally argue the opposite, and then they'll buttress it by saying, look it up on Google. Look it up on Google Gemini and see who's right. Yeah. <laughs> I saw some of the responses of, of Google Gemini. The thing is programmed to give left-wing answers. <laughs> it's, it's truly artificial intelligence. There, that term is accurate. It is, and it's dangerous because, you know, Dennis, I mean, when, when we talk about truth and when we talk about trying to get down to the reality of what's going on in our country right now, what's going, going on in our world, what's really happening in Gaza right now, when we, we want to know the truth, we, there are precious few places we can go, and most people go to the Internet, and most people say, I'll Google it. And the responses and the information that they get, um, you know, it's an equal equal part uh, being force-fed a bunch of lies and suppression of the actual truth if there are people out there telling the truth they do their level best to bury that in the results so that you can't find it out that's a very dangerous company very dangerous i googled something the other day i don't remember what it was but it doesn't matter and i just wanted to see how many pages not how how many hits how many pages of hits would i have to go through to find uh, what I believe was the truth on an issue. And uh, it, it, the answer is it never showed up. The, if you Google PragerU, you will get a denunciation after denunciation after denunciation. <laughs> 
rather than any objective answer on just what is PragerU. So that's that's so powerful. They don't have to cheat. I think I think they do cheat, but they don't have to because of the internet alone is accountable for so many millions of votes. Oh goodness. Yeah, no, no question. Um, you know, and and they do. They they facilitate uh, uh, the, the, the. Let me rephrase. They process the news for people or pre-process it as they want them to receive it, rather than presenting it all for people to consume as they wish. They will process it and bury, like you said, PragerU. Only results you're going to get are negative reviews of PragerU. What about the facts contained within the videos? What about the facts contained within the content? Nope, you don't get those. So they, they pre-process it and you will be, you know, I, I was talking about on our program yesterday, Dennis, that, um, you know, in the next generation or two, long after you and I and others our age have died off, um, I don't know that there will be an accurate accurate retelling of history, American or world, for those future generations because the, the, the printed bound texts will be gone and the only place people will be able to look up information will be digitally through the use of things like Google. And they are going to manipulate that to tell history in the way they want it to be told. Reality will die with our generations, you know, yours and mine and, uh, and maybe the one behind. It's a very frightening prospect. That's correct. Look, it's already begun, according to the New York Times and all those who believe it and the, and the world of the New York Times, which is now dominant in our schools. America was founded in 1619 when the first black slaves came to America or North America, the New World, as it was known then, not in 1776. I mean, that's that's their statement. That's when it was founded. So it, it it's already begun. Well, it has. And you know what's really frightening, Dennis, is I don't know if they're lying or if they actually believe it. And they are trying to 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 push their beliefs on onto people. I mean, of course, we know it is not factually accurate, but I feel like many people, including those who wrote that fictional work of the 1619 Project, telling that lie, and many others, I feel like you know they have convinced themselves that it is truth that this is the real founding of America. This is the real American history. And once they convince themselves that it's true, it's a lot easier for them to uh, to try to convince others. You asked the $64,000 question, do they believe their lies? I've grappled with that question all of my adult life. Do they believe it? I mean, for example, I was at graduate school in the 1970s, and I was taught that men and women are basically the same. So the question is, did did my professors then believe it? Do people believe it today? It, it, I, I was 21 years old, and I knew that this is ridiculous. Men and women are the same except for physical characteristics. <laughs> so it, it's this is not new, and I have finally decided most of them do believe what they say, and that's much more frightening. If you believe your lies, uh, you're... You are not changeable. If you know you're lying, 
you could become a penitent. That is uh, that is a very frightening proposition that they really do believe those lies. Um, and uh, and I know that's in fact, I want to talk to you, Dennis, about or ask you really about about lies and dishonesty and misinformation um, as it pertains to what's going on in Gaza right now, because somebody called me on my program in the first hour and said, Bob, how do we find out the truth? And I don't know the answer. And I don't know if you know the answer, but you're probably closer to it than I am. The Gaza or the Hamas Health Ministry is telling us that it's over twenty nine thousand quote unquote Palestinians, and I use that term loosely, have been killed by the Israeli offensive in Gaza, which is why they're screaming for a ceasefire. I don't believe a single thing that comes out of Hamas, uh, but this is what we are being told. How do we find the truth when there is nobody there to tell it? So I do a. A weekly fireside chat, that's what it's called, I have for six years, Mm -hmm. uh, for PragerU. And that, mostly it's young people who watch or listen. And I speak and then take questions that people send in. So some young person from somewhere in the world, it's watched internationally, asked that question. Dennis, how do we know who's telling the truth? And under the pressure of having to come up with an answer, I came up with an answer that I think is the most helpful that I can think of. The side that suppresses dissent is telling a lie. I I think that that is the, the best single way. Who cancels opposition? The right or the left? And that that should be determinative that's a very very valid argument that's a great way to to view it and in fact it, it begs this question if i may we're talking with the great dennis prager who's going to be the keynote speaker by the way on saturday night at the galaxy in wadsworth for the 2024 lincoln day dinner hosted by our friends at the medina uh, county gop log on to medina gop.org if you would like to attend i'm told there are precious few tickets remaining even fewer vip passes remaining uh, for Dennis Prager on Saturday, but if you hustle on over to medinagop.org, you might get lucky. Um, Dennis, uh, speaking of suppressing dissent and those who are trying to silence uh, you know, the opposition voices, um, we just had another judge, this one in Illinois, remove Donald Trump from the ballot. Uh, the Supreme Court is is under undertaking the Colorado removal of his name from the ballot. There are twelve to fifteen different states that have done this now, or at least are are in the process of trying to do that. Um, and in the meantime, here in the state of Ohio, we've got the lo- largest newspaper in the state telling uh, Democrats and independents to pull Republican ballots in the primary to vote for Nikki Haley to, in an attempt to keep Trump off of the ballot altogether. They don't want to hear. It's what you talked about. They don't want to hear and they don't want they want to suppress opposition voices, including his, the, the loudest voice in the conservative movement. That's right. I mean, the idea of removing a candidate from contention is new in America. The idea of arresting the opposition candidate is new in America. They yell fascist. This is the the clearest case of projection, perhaps, in American history. Well, listen, for the, uh, I hope this whets people's appetite to come Saturday night. 
I got to rush over to the station now. Well, and uh, you'll be there, Bob. Is that right? I'll I have been you, tasked. Right? Yes, I have been tasked with uh, giving the introduction to the great Dennis Prager. So I am very much looking forward to seeing you. Well, you're, well, it's the great Bob Friends, everybody. He sits in for me often when when I'm not broadcasting because you're you're such a pro. Well, it's an honor to do so, and it'll be an honor to see you on Saturday night in Medina. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you. You got it. All right, there's Dennis Prager. Not Medina, by the way, Medina County, I should say. It's in Wadsworth at the Galaxy in Wadsworth. That's where we will be. Uh, tickets are available at medinagop.org. And, yes, Dennis says uh, uh, Dennis is, uh, is he's such a treat to listen to. If you've ever seen any of his fireside chats he referenced a few moments ago on uh, PragerU, um, that's how his speeches are. It, I, I mean, they are as... As honest and as direct and as thought provoking as you can even imagine. And if you watch those fireside chats, he is, you know, he's not the firebrand. When I give speeches, I pump my fist. When I give speeches, I'm, I'm giving loud, you know, rants about this or that. And I, you know, the audience responds in kind and we kind of do a, Dennis is very, very different. He's unique. He's a, he's a unicorn. Is one of one. Nobody else in conservative talk media, talk radio, or conservative media, is like him, and I mean that. Going back to you know uh, the late great Rush to uh, Doctor Gorka in the afternoons, uh, just, there's nobody to Charlie Curry. Nobody does it the, the way Dennis Prager does it. it. It is just such a treat to listen to. It's an education that you absorb every time you listen to him on the radio. Every time you watch one of the fireside chats, and I promise you, it will be an education that you will take take away and uh, share with others if you come and see him on uh, Saturday night uh, in Wattsworth. So again, the tickets are available at Medina County GOP. Or I'm sorry, MedinaGOP.org. Let's get that right. MedinaGOP.org. Uh, the Lincoln Day Dinner. And you can purchase the tickets online. Precious few remain. Uh, we would love to have you there. Um, I am certainly looking forward to to seeing. Uh, and by the way, I'm bringing a special guest. I'm not saying suggesting that you should buy your ticket just to you know bump into my special guest, but it's fun anyway. Um, I did an interview last week, and I played some of it on the on the air yesterday. Um, because it tied in with our conversation on end times and the way things are going. Uh, but the Cleveland television uh, uh, news legend that is Robin Swoboda will be my special guest at the uh, Lincoln Day Dinner on Saturday. I have uh, invited Robin to join me, and I did so when my wife was unable to make it. And I said, I know Robin is a huge fan of Dennis Prager's, and she enthusiastically accepted. So she will be there. So if you've ever wanted to meet Cleveland television news anchor and legend Robin Swoboda, she's going to be there. And I just think that's going to be so much fun. There's going to be a lot of wonderful people there, uh, and we're all going to be celebrating the same thing as we listen to Dennis Prager regale us with the State of the Union as it really is, as opposed to uh, the way Joe Biden is going to tell you at his State of the Union uh, the way he thinks things are. So MedinaGOP.org for those tickets, MedinaGOP.org. You can take a time out here at the top of the hour, and on the other side, let me pull it up. Hold on real quick. There it is. Um, I've got a book in my hand, 
the latest work by uh, our good friend Pastor Jeff Toring of Liberty Valley. Uh, Dennis, or excuse me, uh, Jeff Toring is is such a huge, huge part of so many lives that that listen to this radio station. Um, whether he's doing work on the Word or whether he is just preaching, there are so many people that go to his church um, to hear him. He is. He was at the. Um, Ohio Christian Alliance Freedom Banquet the other night, again, with the same uh, phenomenal people that listen to this show and that go to these events. He is just a very influential person in the lives of so many people because of his preaching. He's the voice that I stop and take notice of, by the way, promotions and commercials on this uh, this station. And, and available in your area. Currently, we represent nine organizations which offer 83 products in your area. Please contact Medicare.1800Medicare or your local state health insurance program to get information on all of your options. This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by The Floor King and KeepingMedicareSimple.com. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. This is Always Right Radio with Bob Frantz on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, hour number three is set to begin. It is seven minutes after 11 o'clock. Thank you so much for being with us. It is a Thursday, the 29th morning uh, and final morning of the second month of the year of our Lord, 2024. Thanks again to the great Dennis Prager. And if you missed the website uh, moments ago, I'll tell you again, go to medinagop.org, medinagop.org, and purchase your tickets, <clears throat> VIP or general, to see uh, Dennis Prager and to listen to uh, Dennis Prager on Saturday. So it is literally the day after tomorrow, Saturday at the Galaxy in Wadsworth. Precious few tickets are remaining, as you can imagine, so you're going to have to jump on those now if you are able to get them at all. Go to medinagop.org and get your tickets for the Lincoln Day Dinner. I'm very much looking forward to being a part of that. And I also know that our guest now, who is in our studio, uh, is going to be there as well. Uh, I know this because I know who he's sitting with. And I'm talking about Pastor Jeff Toring, the pastor at Liberty Valley Church in Northfield. Uh, pastor Jeff is a regular at uh, so many of these wonderful, wonderful events. I was able to greet him briefly uh, at uh, the the Freedom Banquet, I should say, two weeks ago in Fairlawn, the Ohio Christian Alliance. And uh, Pastor Jeff has become a fixture in the faith community. He, he's uh, here with us now on AM 1420, The Answer, to talk about the Daniel series. Pastor Jeff, good to talk to you again. How are you, sir? Good morning, Bob. Good to talk to you again. So having you in the studio is always great. I know everybody loves your visits, so it's certainly nice to know that you are uh, there in the studio. And uh, you're going to be there with us on Saturday night. Before we talk about the Daniel series, let's talk about the Dennis speech. There, <laughs> I know you're, you're a big fan as well, and uh, you're looking forward to, uh, to the events on Saturday. 
Yeah, it's good to be included to bring the Christian thought, you know, the biblical thinking to these events. I, I agree that our country is in need, and the gospel and Jesus Christ are, are always the answer, Bob. Yeah, and you know, it's so, what, you know what I love? I, I love that, that devoted Christians like you, and me, uh, I'm, I'm certainly not a pastor, but the Christians and Jews like Dennis, and Dennis has said it's, and I'm trying to remember exactly how he's phrased it, he has said so many times on his program that he has personally been responsible for bringing more people to Jesus um, than, than, than most Christians ever could be, even though he himself is Jewish and he teaches and he preaches and he writes books uh, about the Bible uh, and and understanding the Torah, he brings people to God, whether they be Christian or Jew. I I love that marriage of of two you know uh, different faiths, technically two different faiths, but all rooted in the same belief and all rooted in the same God and all rooted in the same Bible. Well, that that is true. We have to. I mean, it sounds obvious, but I think we probably should remind people that Jesus was Jewish. And that he taught from the Jewish books. There were no such, there was no such thing as a New Testament when he was teaching in his earthly ministry. It, it was all Old Testament. So uh, that's been kind of my niche, and um, over the past twenty years of preaching was to do exactly that—to connect the Old Testament with the New, and the New to the Old. And um, it's just a very uh, rich teaching and understanding of where we are and where the Word of God leads us. Yeah, and I love that. I love that fact, and I love that uh, Christians love listening to people like Dennis Prager just as much as Jews do, and uh, he listens and, 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 and is, is able to have tremendous discussion and, and, um, uh, and, and educational sessions with Christians as well. So it's just a, it's a great unity, and that's what we're going to have on Saturday. So, Pastor Jeff, you, you've been doing this 20 years? You've been, you've been uh, a pastor? Is that what you just said? Yeah, just a little over 20 years. Uh, we uh, planted Liberty Valley uh, with just um, a few people back in 2000, I think it was in 2005 or so. So, But before that, I did some youth work. So yeah, we've been at it a little over 20 years, Bob. It's been a long what, time. What brought you to your your calling uh, to, to be a pastor and to start that church? Well, um, that's a long story. So I was... Um, I wasn't raised in a Christian home at all, so but I I, uh, I came to the Lord and and when I did, I I just wanted a full helping. So I read through the Bible uh, all the way through in a month, and um, it, I was just shocked. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a typical American kid, uh, grew up in the suburbs of Cleveland, and and never heard anything like it. And so when I was introduced, I said, Whoa, 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 wait a minute here, and and I got a I got a Bible. And just plowed through it. I couldn't put it down. So literally the whole thing in a month. And uh, that's through that first reading is where the Lord had called me into the ministry. Wow. Um, how do you, what do you tell people who say, I've tried to do that? I can't do it. I can't follow it. Some of the language is hard to follow. Some of the, you know, the names and the lineage and, and particularly in the Old Testament. Because uh, I've I've had conversations like this with people, people who are true believers and people who are you know Christians or whether they're Jews, but when it comes to biblical study and becoming you know biblical scholars, um, it's it, you know they say you know I'll read the passages I understand, 
Uh, I'll go to the New Testament, and there are certainly things that are a lot more clear and direct, and I can understand those, but there are so many parts and portions of the Bible where it is just so hard to follow. My eyes glaze over, and I can't do it. Is there advice to getting through the Bible in a, in a, in a way that you did? Uh, yes. Well, th- that's it is difficult at, at portions. Uh, there, Paul calls some of the teachings meat and some of it milk or pablum. And it, it can be difficult, but that's why the Lord has ordained pastors, teachers, and elders to help t- to teach, to bring you along. So some of it is difficult. Some of it you just have to be disciplined, right? So that's that's why Jesus' uh, followers were called disciples, because it, it does take some discipline if you want to really understand some of the deeper teachings. But for but then that's, again, why he ordained pastors and teachers to uh, help bring those along. Um, that That's very helpful. For me, uh, I received the calling early, and so I honestly, Bob, I think he was just gracious to me and allowed me to have understanding a little early. Now, <laughs> having said that, uh, my first year of Bible college, I got all Fs, um, and that can be a little discouraging, but, uh, you know, I had a call that uh, I was willing to pursue an answer, and so I just went back and did some studies in between and then started over again, and and here we are 20 years later. It's a never-ending uh, um, effort, isn't it? I mean, I, I feel like to to truly be a biblical scholar, <clears throat> to be able to quote chapter and verse, as they say, it's not something you learn and then just, you know, okay, I've got that banked, I'm good. You you kind of have to almost always study, don't you? You do, and and that's connected with the greatest commandment, right? So the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And the passion for that and is 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 loving him and pursuing him. And when when you love him more, you spend more time with him and you're you're naturally more inclined to understand because I you know, I I, I have this affection for him and I, I want to get to know you better. You know, it's just like a human relationship. You just have that desire to know that other person on a greater level. We are talking uh, this morning with Pastor Jeff Toring, the pastor of Liberty Valley Church in Northfield. Um, we're going to talk about the Daniel series, a book that I'm holding in my hand right now. But I just want, you know, I've said this to you before when I've talked to you on the radio, Pastor Jeff. You have such a commanding presence when you speak, um, particularly with the you know the promotions and the commercials that that run during this show and on the station. And I hear you when your voice comes on. I stop what I'm doing and I listen. Um, it's your pace. It's your tone. It's uh, the the seriousness seriousness with which you deliver your message. And then of course, uh, you know, reminding everybody that you are one of his footmen. Um, where does that come from? Do you practice the way that you preach? And I don't mean practice what you preach. That's something everybody should do. <laughs> right. But but practice the way that you preach. Because, you know, for those who haven't heard your sermons as well, they're on your webpage. I'm looking at the page right now, libertyvalleychurch.org. People can go back and listen to your actual sermons. And so I'm just kind of curious, you know, you, you are called to do this. I firmly believe that because you have an ability to reach people through the way you present that I think is very, very unique. Well, I, I think um, there there's a difference that you may be referring to, and and that's... That does stem from the Bible, and 
So when Jesus began his earthly ministry, he began it with John the Baptist as his forerunner. And and he was abrasive. I mean, the guy uh, was a, coined as a wild man in the desert. You know, he ate locusts and honey, and he had a large girdle and a big, you know, he had, his, his clothing was camel hair. And he was an old, he was a prophet. He was a man's man. And Jesus said, hey, concerning him, what did you guys expect? What, what did you go out to see? Somebody in soft raiment? And what he meant by that is, is the, the true men of God are brawny. Uh, Jesus was brawny, and he's unfortunately now mischaracterized as this uh, always, always lowly and meek, and, and he was, but he was also brawny. He was the good shepherd. And shepherds, he says, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Uh, most people don't realize that comfort is stemming from his weaponry. So his weaponry of the good shepherd was his staff, and um, that, that was to fend off wolves. So the comfort comes from the masculinity, the manhood of Jesus as a shepherd. And that, that's, that has been lost unfortunately, through a lot of different churches, through the clergy, because they um, are, are literally are men of soft raiment. They, they have never probably, I mean, to labor or to do something physical uh, is just not part of their norm. So I, I'm raised, I'm just, I'm a blue collar kid. I, I've, I've turned wrenches in a backyard so I bust my knuckles with snow and water and slime dripping in my face on a creeper under a car. That's how I was raised. That's how my father was raised. That's how my grandfather was. And so the Lord has just decided to put a, I guess, just a blue-collar worker in the ministry. A blue-collar worker with a, with a, with a voice and a, and, and, a, and a mind and a heart that just um, is meant for this. Um, I love the way you just said and reminded us about, about Christ and, and, that, and, and that part of him and how his ministry started. Because, you know, all we think about is kind, gentle, soul, soft Jesus, you know, you know stroking the lamb and, 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 and uh, you know, comforting kids and, and, and so forth, which, of course, he is and he was, but he had to get attention and he had to do exactly what you just said, and that is protect, you know, the sheep from the wolves and, and use the staff and use, you know, sometimes fire and brimstone, if you will, uh, to get attention. And nobody talks about that part of Jesus. Nobody talks about that willingness to be uh, or his willingness uh, to, to do whatever it took to reach people. People, and you obviously have to channel that when you are, you know, preaching his word in your sermons. Right. So a big reminder is for everyone to realize that the God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament. And Jesus is, is that God of the New Testament and of the Old. And we learn of who he is, not only through the new with meek and lowly, we have to remember he, he came to redeem his earthly ministry as far as in the New Testament was to redeem sinners and to show his compassion towards his people, towards his flock. But there's also enemies. Uh, we, are at, we are at war. And we recognize that I think more and more as the, the day dawns that we are at war. And so when we see Jesus in the Old Testament... Uh, he is known as the Lord of hosts. He was that same God. Jesus Christ was the same God who did literally rain down fire and brimstone upon Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, there, there are a lot of illustrations 
when you really want to become acquainted with this God that we have to do. It, I mean, it's, the Bible says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And this is, this is the God that we worship and adore. But he is also a dangerous God in his fullness. And I, uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that's why I wrote the book uh, for, in the Daniel series, is because we are heading towards the end times, I believe, and um, there's just a famine in the land of the truth of who God is and where we are going. Well, this is a, this is a, we're talking to Pastor Jeff Toring from Liberty Valley Church in Northfield. This is a remarkable timing because I've had multiple conversations with multiple people um, about end times of late, and people are talking to me about what they see coming. Um, I don't know what the end times are supposed to look like. I don't know if we can understand what the end times, uh, how, you know, how long quote unquote end times are. Is it a period of hours? Is it a period of weeks? Is it a period of months? Is it a period of millennia? Because, you know, a, a century is, is a blink of an eye to God who is eternal and forever. So when you talk about end times, what does that mean to us? Are we in them now? Have we been in them maybe for the last 500 years, the last 2,000 years? I, I literally have no idea how to comprehend that, given the the scope of time you know, from God's vantage point through our own. Now, that is a perfect question, Bob, and, and you're not alone. And again, that is that is why we went through the work and the labor of putting together the Daniel series. So your question is about the last days or the end times, and you have to realize that, and, and you'll learn this in the book, that there is a difference between end times and the last days. So, and, and again, uh, some of the stuff is difficult to understand. So Daniel is a, is a book that is a, prophet, a, a prophetical book. It, it is somewhat difficult. But if you look through it and you spend time there, it, he gives us clear understanding. So Daniel is the prophet for the Gentiles. Most people don't realize uh, most of the prophets of the Old Testament are specifically geared toward the nation of Israel. Mm-hmm. Daniel's unique because he is his focal point is the times of the Gentiles, the full history, all the way of Gentile rule until the end of time. And so he he designates and and it specifies. So the last days started with the cross, with Jesus Christ, right? So that's been 2,000 years. And so people have this attitude, well, it's always been the last days, all the way since Jesus Christ. And that's true. The difference that we learn from Daniel is the difference between the last days and the end times. For instance, Daniel says in his book, in the end times, knowledge will increase. Now, that is interesting, because if you look at the way that knowledge has been, so it wasn't until around the 1700s that light was invented, the light bulb or electricity, which means that for around 5,700 years of history, the only light that we had was by way of fire, torch. And all of a sudden, after all these years, you get into the 1700s and we invent, quote, quote, the light bulb or electricity. How, how can that be? How, how do you explain that? The same thing with travel. So, you know, 
it wasn't until the 1900s that that we come up with travel by way of a of a vehicle, a car. So now we have planes, trains, automobiles, right? That we travel. But for 5900 years, the only travel that we had was the animal. And so you 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 see exactly what Daniel is saying that in the end times, knowledge will increase. And it wasn't that men were just not bright for 5,900 years or they just weren't educated. No, this is God's plan, and it's written for us in the book of Daniel. But most people, like you, like you just said, how do, how do you know? What is the end times? How do you know if we've been in the end times? You know, Thousands of years have passed and all this. No, there's, there's, it's specific. Knowledge will increase. And so now, I mean, think of in our own life. I joke with my kids. I said, you know, when I was a kid, the phone had a cord. <laughs> what? Your phone had a cord? And I said, yeah, we used to, in my lifetime, had a rotary phone. And now, think of the speed of the knowledge increasing just in our lifetime, Bob. We went from a rotary phone to internet, to now AI. That is how you can make the book of Daniel in the Daniel series realize what is happening in our lifetime. It's, it's staggering, and, but most people, they don't, have, they don't spend the time or the labor or the discipline in trying to plow your way through these old prophets, these old, quote, or archaic books that don't really mean a lot. But in fact, they mean everything. And so if, if we just apply that and look to what's happening with just current events, like transgender, what, what is going on here? I mean, it's like the wheels are coming off of humanity. What, what is going on? Well, let me tell you. It's all here in the books of the Bible. You may need a guide. And so when I, when I look at the Daniel series and we put that out, I, I have to say I, I don't want any credit. I, I plagiarized. I, the, the book of Daniel I didn't write. God wrote it. That is God's writings. I'm just a guide through that book. So I'll I was just you. going to say, right. you, you, you didn't write the, da- the book of Daniel, but you, your commentary, your, your, your guidance, your analysis of these things and your explainers that you have here, this is, um, this is, this is very much your work and it is very much uh, needed because I've been working my way through this too. And I'm trying to, you know, the, the portions of the, the actual book, uh, the, the Bible that I read, uh, you know, don't make a lot of sense to me upon first viewing. Then I read what you have written after each passage uh, and then I go back and look at it again I say, now suddenly it makes sense so I do notice as I'm, I'm, I'm holding the book right now and like I said I've been working my way through it and you don't have your name on it uh, I, I, I mean you, you literally it's 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 you know the Daniel series and you do sign the preface page and put your name there but you literally aren't it's not on the cover it's not on the on the binding it's not anywhere um, you have literally just said this is this is not for credit this is for uh, I don't know, for salvation, I suppose, for those who are, who are looking for it. Right. I used to sign some of my letters years ago, um, one of his footmen. Uh, I'm, I'm just one of his footmen. Among the thousands that have come, among the thousands that are now, 
and I'm just one of them. And, and I don't need any credit because if it wasn't for him and his grace, I'd be face down in a puddle and probably dead years ago. So now I, I, I've just, I'm just doing what, what he instructs me to do. I'm, I'm very zealous about it. I, I love our country. I see where it's going, it, and it hurts. It hurts to see um, the things that are happening. And so this is the Daniel series is what we know as, of a, as a commentary. Now, if you're not in the church world and you're not in churchianity, you don't even know what a commentary is. And so I'm trying to make it, uh, I'm trying to break it out of the churchianity circles or the, you know, us for no more shut the door church folk, because this needs to be known. I mean, this needs to be blazed abroad because we're living in this. You know, we yeah. have families that are just crushed over certain things of, of homosexuality or transgender or a, a whole host of sins. And they don't know, well, what is happening? What is going on? Well, and if you look at the commentary that I just point you to and help you through with the book of Daniel, it, it does explain things. It does. A lot of things. It's, it's so valuable. Uh, if people, like I said to you at the very beginning about people who have uh, expressed a difficulty in understanding the Bible, they may have a desire, but if they can't understand it, they are dissuaded from continuing. And if there was a, you know, an opportunity to kind of see it explained in more easy to comprehend and digest terms the way you have done here with the Daniel series, it might make more and more people be interested in continuing to read. Um, so the Daniel series, I'm holding it right now. Um, how can other people do the same thing, Pastor Jeff? I can't believe it's 1131. We're already so past our time here because I'm fascinated by what you're saying. Uh, so in closing, how can people get the book? You can. The, first of all, the book is free. It, we, we don't. We don't. Uh, it, this is a, a rare thing within churchianity. Um, normally, they try to sell their wares. Uh, the Lord has provided, so the book is free. We never charge for anything that the that the Lord does. Um, we are His servants, and so you can go to LibertyValleyChurch.org and get it uh, there. You can just send an email off if you hit the contact us link and put your address down. We'll mail you off a copy uh, for free. We also have another website that is oneofhisfootmen.org and uh, that kind of gives you some more information and again that leads to the same place and we can give it to you for free. Wonderful. Pastor Jeff Toring, pastor at Liberty, Liberty Valley Church in Northfield. Uh, go to the webpage as you just heard, um, uh, either one of them, one of his org or Liberty Valley uh, church.org and uh, make sure that you get this. It is a phenomenal way to try to educate yourself and understand this in ways that, uh, that maybe uh, non-biblical scholars have a hard time doing. And Pastor Jeff, uh, th- we've had some deep conversations today. And I mean deep conversations. If you've missed any of them, and, and I, I legitimately mean this, by the way, when I tell you these things, it's not just a matter of, hey, we're trying to crank up our click numbers on our webpage. Of course, that's, a, that's an important thing. But I mean it very seriously. If you miss some of these conversations, um, I'm going to tell you where to find them because they're important and they're good and, they're, and they're, uh, I think they're worth your time. Seek them out at whkradio.com. Go on the uh, podcast page at whkradio.com. Uh, you click podcast, click local podcasts, find me, and then find the show, which is, uh, you know, they're, they're um, chronological with the newest being on top. It's easy to do. But today we spoke uh, with uh, Dr. Everett Piper about some very, very deep stuff. <clears throat> with respect to leadership and with respect to a war on Christian parents and children. 
Um, it, it, it's quite, quite simply, it's it, it's as direct as that. It's a war. A war has been declared on children. A war has been declared on the family and the Christian parents that you know had been for for you know literally the last couple of centuries and and beyond that. I'm just going back to the United States founding, but but beyond that uh, for for you know thousands of years, um, raising their children a certain way, raising their children to believe in God, to believe in one another, to believe in, you know, the family structure. And it's all being torn apart right now. There is a war that has been declared and the government wants to raise your kids now. The government is using um, technology to raise your kids. And they want your kids influenced more by what they see on the screen than they are by what they hear from you at the dinner table or at any other point during the day. That's why these screens have become so prevalent. And I'm not going to go off on a tangent here, but I mean, it's, it's very serious when I say that there is a war on parenting and there is a war on raising your children with Christian values. And Dr. Piper and I got into it very, very deeply. So you're going to want to hear that conversation. Then we had Dennis Prager on, who's going to be at the uh, um, Lincoln Day dinner. He's the keynote speaker on Saturday at the Lincoln Day dinner with the Madonna County GOP. And there are very, 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 very few tickets still remaining. But if you want to get one or two of them, you can do so at uh, um, uh, MedinaGOP.org, MedinaGOP.org. Look for Dennis Prager and the Lincoln Day 2024 Lincoln Day Dinner. But um, he's going to give us the State of the Union as it is compared to the State of the Union as what, you know, what we are going to hear from Joe Biden. Uh, we are going to hear a pack of lies from a man who is at 31% approval rating uh, as he runs for re-election. We are going to hear a pack of lies from a man who wants you to think that all is well. He's going to want you to think that the economy is booming and that the border is under control and that the uh, f- sending hundreds of billions of American tax dollars to for- to fight wars is more important than spending money to help the people of this country survive and thrive. Um, you're going to hear just such a litany of just garbage from from uh, from Joe Biden. You really ought to cancel that out with Dennis Prager's State of the Union as it actually is on Saturday. So those tickets, again, are in MedinaGOP.org. So we had a great conversation there. And the one that I just had with Pastor Jeff, I didn't realize what time it was. I, I Normally, I have one eye on the clock. One eye on my content, one eye on my questions, one eye on my guest. It was all on the guest. Listening to Pastor Jeff talk about these uh, extraordinarily important things and the teachings from the Bible, the teachings as he you know uh, explains those with his guidance in the Daniel series uh, and so forth, um, that was just deep stuff. And it was very, very, to me, it was very, very helpful. We, we sometimes run into, on this show, <clears throat> as in life, um, periods of of time where cynicism it takes over and and pessimism takes over because of all of the challenges like the ones I described with Dr. Piper and the attacks on family and so forth, where cynicism is 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 deep and it's heavy and uh, and it's hard to to stop. Um, you have to find optimism. You have to find something to make you feel like we can do this. We can get past this. We can survive this. We can overcome. And what he just gave us, in my opinion, does that. This book, which you heard him, this, he's not selling books. This isn't a for-profit venture. It's free. All you got to do is claim it. Talking about the Daniel series, claim it. 
Just go on uh, his website, oneofhisfootmen.org or uh, libertyvalleychurch.org and put in your information there and he'll send you one. Free. And it's not a cheap paperback. It's a bound, hard, uh, you know, hardcover book. And it's beautiful. It just is. Um, and if you're looking for a way to kind of, you know, break out of the cynicism and pessimism and start to see some reasons for optimism and understand where we are and why we are, uh, there's your there's your opportunity. I strongly suggest you get that. It's free for crying out loud. I mean, how do you how do you how do you, how can you question something that is not profit driven? Somebody is doing this kind of work and not asking for a nickel for it. Uh, that means it is of true value. I think that's a fair way to say that. So make sure you claim that. So great conversations all the way through today. Thank you to uh, Dr. Everett Piper. Thank you to Dennis Prager. Thank you to Pastor Jeff Toring. And, of course, thank you to my team. Appreciate you very much. Seth and Marcy and Marianne and Chris and uh, Johnny Howes as well. Thanks to everybody. Uh, and thanks to you for listening. Be well, be safe, stay free. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.